Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. It's our pleasure to return once again to the Port Fringe special. We had Eric Darrow Worthley on last time with his new show. Uh, you can find that podcast in our podcast feeds or on our website tonight. We have a former visiting professor. He was on episode five of the main show, uh, season one. I can remember that, but I can't remember where I put my keys this morning. Um, (laughs) We have writer, actor, award-winning playwright, uh, Hal Cohen. Hal, doctor. I can't forget doctor. Everybody else brings that up to you so i want to give you a break with covid hell welcome to the show i love the way everyone somehow is an award-winning playwright <laughs> but it is because here's the deal as long as you have probate and you've won probate that's an award and i'm sticking to it because it's on my resume so um <laughs> i you know what's gonna happen is i'm gonna say that once and it's not going to be true and i'm just gonna have to give somebody an award right then and there to make it true well, it kind of happened with Eric's episode. Well, no, Eric time. did win, but he did not win Crowbait. Oh, okay. At least according to what Eric himself said in my brain that I heard, and I'm going with it as headcanon. Uh, and this is uh, award-winning <laughs> playwright uh, Randy Hunt here. It is, and this is award-winning playwright Bob LeBlanc. Or if you're in New England, <laughs> Bob LeBlanc. Or if you're in the South, Bob LeBlanc. I'm At various it. times, I have voted for Eric for Bob and for Randy. I have voted for two of those people also. But not Did I vote for he me? Doesn't, he doesn't like my place. No, I can't stand them. <laughs> oh, they're horrible. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. I voted for Weekend at Bernie's. You asked me why. Weekend at Herbie's. At Herbie's. I'm sorry. I heard what I meant. It's very, very different than the movie. Yes, it is. It is for legal reasons. <laughs> Exactly. Hal! Yeah. How have you been doing? I've been really great. <laughs> That's great. Tell us about uh, On A Dare Productions. Tell us about the show you're doing. Um, so, um, as you said, by day I'm a doctor. My mm-hmm. patients have told me over the decades many interesting things. And most of them I can't really tell any to anyone because of HIPAA stuff, or I change it so dramatically it doesn't matter. Well, uh, about, I don't know, six months ago, a patient was telling me not something that happened to him, but he stepped out and he observed his neighbors. And his lovely elderly couple um, was um, on their, their patio, I guess. And he, he couldn't um, hear them except for one word, one sentence, I should say, which was, you've always loved the sun. To think that it happened after that, I won't share with you because that's the premise, but it was, oh. So I wanted to see, can I make, I've devised lots of, lots of plays. I've written plays that have went mm-hmm. to New York, have have one little local contest, have been uh, full lengths, small ones. This is none of those. This has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> this was, can I devise a 10 to 15 minute piece, which is what Fringe is all about now, uh, based on, with one word of dialogue, one, one sentence of dialogue. So based on that story, I had, I had a beginning and I had an end I had no middle, or maybe I had a beginning and a middle, but no end. So I was doing a, a, the, my first play that I did it, it, during COVID, uh, fully masked, was at the Children's Theater. Mm-hmm. And it was a really lovely play that I did. And one of the people who were in the play with me was Elliot Nye, who's a puppeteer, and as well as a very accomplished uh, actor. So I, at the end of our run or somewhere in the middle of our run, I told him the complete story, which I have not shared with you. Um, and I said, 
I, I think in order to tell this story, I need to do it something very different. Um, because Eric, uh, Eric, uh, Elliot told me in detail about his all the involvement he has with puppets. He teaches other people uh, puppetry uh, as well as he makes his puppets. He's went to school for puppetry. Um, and I said, "Are you interested?" He said, "I'm in." So we're going. So we're going to be telling a 10, 15 minute story based on something my patient told me, which made me go, "Oh." Um, with one line of dialogue with Elliot and David Handworker. Elliot met David Handworker, who's also a puppeteer and an actor. Um, so we have two puppeteers who have conceived of the puppetry. And then I realized I need um, a very good actor, actress to round up, round out and fill out this crew and make it better than it would have been without. And that's Amanda Painter. So uh, mm -hmm. Amanda will add some class to this. <laughs> um, and my role is my role in this whole thing is basically I conceive of the, the premise. I will meet with Elliot and David tomorrow. And I will see for the first time the pup, the puppet part of this, um, completed and in full. We, I know what ideas they've been running about. I've mm -hmm. seen models of their puppets, but we will finally see their section. And then from that, Amanda will conceive her section. Again, my contribution to this is on a dare and a premise. And after that, I contribute nothing. <laughs> and it's gonna be good because of that. <laughs> It's like me with Balderdash after the show. <laughs> so this was devised by all of you yes. specifically for Port Fringe. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I took, you know, when, when, I mean, again, when I've done fringe before I have written um, short lengths, short, short, short plays um, that have had um, as, as you and Eric were saying, I have a way, something I have a way. There's, there's a punch to it. I'm usually trying to really... Um, there is an emotional gut punch to most Hal Cohen works. And being somebody who was in your last Port Friends show, I can tell you that as an actor, it's not only the performers, it's the audience, it's everyone in that room. You could hear the, oh! Yeah. <laughs> as you punched him. And it was hard. Um, I just want him to, I want him to have a discussion, you know, whether it's, a, whether I've written a comedy or, yeah. or something more powerful. No, but yeah. comedies can be powerful. You know, um, I would love for them to have a discussion going out. Most of my stuff has that. I might've written some just complete nonsense, which is so much fun. Um, yeah. But I think my better stuff has probably led to a discussion. Mm -hmm. um, this might do that, but I've, I, I'm certainly didn't write it. Um, but but I've written stuff for with Fringe and Crowbait, uh, especially for Fringe that has gone on to be full length to full length plays. Um, yeah. So I've written 50 minute um, detailed pieces about drug addiction, about um, uh, uh, sexual um, issues uh, after 60, and and the challenges that uh, that um, some uh, that, that women have uh, um, it, that can really um, move and, and perhaps impact their lives in very great ways. Um, I didn't mean to write a play for women, but I, I did. And that was with Amanda's great input to that. Um, uh, and I've written a play about uh, uh, what happens to those who, who are abused. So all these went on to be full-length plays. But when I heard the emphasis this year on, on these are 10, 15-minute pieces, um, the, there's a de-emphasis on theater. For some reason, they, they want to de-emphasize theater. Um, I think it's more semantics, but it, it, Fringe has always been anything goes. 
Uh, and I have seen things that I've left and like Eric's comment about, I, I wanted to see something I hated. Um, I've seen stuff that I've been, what the hell was that? Um, and and yeah. it's either the best thing I've ever seen or the worst thing I've ever seen, um, which is fascinating. Um, but I saw it, I decided I want to do something that really is not my wheelhouse at all and really not even uh, something by me, but can we conceive something um, that's, that's based on one line of dialogue and an observation and it's either going to work or it's not. Which is usually the assembled productions that do work. You know, I mean, what, what you're doing is you're entering into a completely collaborative environment, which is one of the strengths I feel in fringe in general, um, the, the ability to bring those different expertise, those different skill sets, voices, and mesh them together into something so ephemeral, something that couldn't really exist anywhere else but in a fringe environment. Yeah. And you will be at uh, Port Fiber at 9 on the 15th, Good Fire Brewing at 7 on the 17th, and Main Studio Works at 6.30 on the 18th. Tickets are available online at portfringe.com. $15 for a base price, or you can do the I Love Fringe price of $30. These are advanced ticket pricing. The I Love Fringe price allows you to show your love the old-fashioned way with money. It's the same as the base ticket, but the artists involved get a little extra for our hard work. You can also get a frugal fringer pass for $75, which is a punch card, Good for one person to attend each of the Port Fringe 22 shows. Late night show is not included. Or a Fringe Fiend Pass allows you to avoid all the rush and all access pass with a reserved seat to see each show once. The seat is held until five minutes before showtime. The Fringe Fiend is $180. What are some things that you are looking forward to at Fringe this year, not necessarily at a, as a participant, but as a spectator? So Fringe is, to me, about community. Yeah. Um, I, I love that Eric you know, mentioned about that. You get your, you get your booklet of, of shows and you try to figure out how, how you're going to make this work over a week um, to yeah. see all the shows. And there's less, like, like he pointed out. So I think more than ever... Uh, especially because to simplify things as we as we try to uh, create during the uh, uh, during the uns- not uncertainty time but the, the the new times the novel times that is COVID and how yeah. to uh, dip our finger our toes back in the water and how to jump in um, in a very intelligent way we've kept it very local um, this year so yeah. this this year is more about our community than more than more than ever. I wasn't there for the very first fringe. Um, I was drinking in Ireland with my son uh, for his, uh, for his uh, uh, graduation present. Um, I didn't know he could grab, he could drink then by the way, but when the bus driver pulled a bottle of famous yeah. in, um, Josh was very good at pouring for others and, and not getting drunk, which is a, a, a proud memory for a father. So <laughs> that, that was my first fringe away from fringe. Yeah. So it's community. It really is about the idea of rooting each other on being present for each other um, and laughing and, and, and just the trash talking, the job well done, the what the hell was that conversations that, um, that we all love. Yeah. So that to me, it's about community. That's that's it's gonna be fun, and it's nice when people outside of our community come. Over the years, I have gone to um, every major hotel down uh, down in Portland, and I have brought them the pamphlets um, to give to their um, uh, uh, people from out of town coming into the hotels, and I've gotten to know some of the people who've been there for years and they go, Oh, hi, how are you? And others, there's greater turnover and they don't know. And I have to do the 
I have a one minute selling what port fringe is. I got three minutes and I really got nothing more than three minutes because I'm wasting yep. your time. <laughs> you have your elevator pitch down. Yeah. You don't want to make your pitch longer than your show. No. <laughs> <laughs> Randy does I have a much, gift for doing what he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so I have, I had fun over the years of doing that. Um, it's, it's interesting being in a totally different neighborhood. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's more, it, it, I mean, anyone who knows the beginning of fringe um, and, and from in Scotland, this is really more to those roots of you couldn't get into the real show. So you just put a show on wherever they could find, uh, I guess, space. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what uh, the original fringe was. They would do it in bars and, in trash places, outdoors, indoors. Um, but that's why it was called Fringe initially, because it happened on the Fringe of Theater. So this yeah. kind of has that feel to it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that's bringing it back to its roots. Yep. We'll be right back after this. Port Fringe presents The Adventures of Aphrodite Prime. And the Invaders from Venus 12. A live radio extravaganza bringing the wonders of the future right here to 1933. Relive the adventures of the past at Port Fringe with Balderdash Academies, Aphrodite Prime, and the Invaders from Venus 12. A radio play from Balderdash Academies on the air live comedy radio show. Let us paint the scenes in your mind and see the world through the eyes of your ears. For more information, visit portfringe.com. We'll see you on the air. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. We're talking with Hal Cohen and his new Port Fringe show, You've Always Loved the Sun. So my first Fringe was in 2019. Prior to that, that time was always Project Graduation improv shows or uh, Mystery Weekends or it was um, straight up rehearsal for another project. So uh, I never got to experience Port Fringe until that 2019 show. And I had a blast. I mean, it was everything that I needed from performing it, it was risky it was quick it was polished and yet dirty at the same time you know it had very much that um almost like high school one act feel where you got to get on you got to get set up and you got it ready to go as fast as possible and then once you're on you got to nail it and then get off so the other people can do it um Now, one of the things I'm looking forward to in this fringe in particular that didn't happen in others is we now have the ability to help the next people come in with striking, with loading, with whatever they need. So uh, for me, one of the things that I love about theater in general is both the onstage and the backstage and the blending of the two. And I don't see a difference between the two. Um, They're both as important for the show as anything else. And this gives us an opportunity to jump in and do that, to be there if our showmates need help setting up, to to be an extra set of hands, or um, basically to be their roadies if they need it. Now, have you reached out to the other your other showmates? Not, not um, yet, but, but we to but touch I, base. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've only done this for ten years. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of still, where I still feel like a relatively a new person at least relative to my age. Um, (laughs) Hey, this is future Bob. I'm editing the podcast now. And the following bit, I was going to cut out because we had some uh, internet lag issues during the interview, but I'm leaving it in because it made me laugh. Oh, did I freeze or did you freeze? Uh, uh, you did, but it's okay. Okay. That's why I paused. Yeah. Um, so, um, this will be edited, so it'll be flawless, and it won't be video, so they won't know. Cool. So, um, so I can put my pants back on. <laughs> oh, why not? 
I mean, or why start now? I mean, <laughs> you, you, you said do something that market your show. <laughs> <laughs> I tried using that tactic. You know, you show up naked and you're like, I will put on an article of clothing for every ticket that I sell. <laughs> and, uh,. I don't know. I mean, it, it worked out great until the police showed up. And uh, so now I'm on parole. <laughs> uh, you do owe me money for that bail, though. Uh, you know, it, I got you back, too. Okay. <laughs> so what, I, what I've always loved about theater, which I didn't know anything about, was that you form a family. Yeah. And it's a family that's portable, that's there for that time. The, the rehearsal part of this is, is just, uh, it's hard work. It's hard work and it's a joy. And then you do the show and you make mistakes. And those are what become stories for years on end. Um, mm. I think, what was it? I think Randy, you, and, and I think Eric, I think we spent one night telling stories about uh, things that went wrong in theater um, as we drank um, small little glasses of beer. And, um, and, but, but I, I that, that, that formation of family, and then you go away, but then you, you go from, from brothers, brothers on the stage to cousins, to cousins waiting to come together again. Um, and don't, don't edit this out, Bob, but oh. your introduction in the last few years to this community in Portland has been um, really uh, 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 inspiring to me. I'm seeing the talent that you have, the, the um, not only the, more important than the talent is your, your willingness to truly help others to, there's a joke that if you need something, it's in your trunk. <laughs> and no matter what it is, um, it's in your trunk. And you are willing to open your trunk whether it's literatively, that's some word like that. That's a new word. We're going to coin that. Literatively. Yeah. T-shirts on sale now. Roll your L's or figure it. Literally. Literally. There's the word. There you go, Lyle. Literally. (laughs) Um, But it's usually in your trunk. And I really appreciate your willingness to give uh, of your talent and of your generosity. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And that's what, but that's what Port Fringe is about. Yeah. Who is the next Bob that you, who I don't know, who's out there, who you really, who really can make an impact because of this mutual experience of creating it. Yeah. Now for people who haven't seen me physically bounce off stage, I have ADHD. It's one of my superpowers. And for me, I grew up with helping people have always, has always been one of the things to deliver the good chemicals, right? Um, Helping people makes me feel like I'm, I'm a part of something greater that's why i've always loved it Hmm. because at at the end of the day you were still there you were still involved you you still managed to help bring joy to people and yes your praise did make me feel uncomfortable but i've been listening to marie and i quote shut up and take it bob so (laughs) i am thank you marie (laughs) was she talking about a compliment Probably. It is Marie. She's one of the sweetest people ever. Now, people who, who listen to our show, who watch the show, know Marie Stewart Harmon as our resident, dirty, 12-year-old mind. Right? Like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was Randy. <laughs> um, but no, no, she, she said, if, if you're, you, you need to accept compliments because... People want to give them, so you need to take them because shutting them down denies them of something. And that's when I realized, number one, Marie knows how to manipulate Bob. And number two, <laughs> she was right. So thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, between you and Randy in terms of doing the work, I mean, it's... I mean, Randy goes from one show to another, kills it at every show. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, he's either, you're either Randy, uh, as such a talented 
good man or you are just addicted to theater. And I'm not sure which one it is. I can tell you that it's talent and a good person, not to mention one of the most talented writers I've ever met. Are you sure it's not addiction? Well, it could be, but <laughs> but he can quit at any time. Of that. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards Randy is I, I worked with him in sketch I, at Crowbait, um, in improv, improv festivals, jams. And just seeing who he was as a person and seeing what he wrote. I enjoy kind comedy. Uh, I enjoy comedy where being being somebody who can make somebody laugh is a place of power. And if you go on an attack and that person is in either truth to power or in a means to defend themselves, you're a bully. You're not a comic. You're not a comic writer. You're a bully. And there's a lot of bully comedy out there now. So I tend to gravitate towards people who have kind comedy, who don't go for low-hanging fruit, who go and focus on the truth of what's funny and the truth of the situation. And sometimes the absurdity that we find ourselves in that's so out there, your only remedy is to laugh at it. And that's how randy writes that's what he writes that's why uh, i love some of his work so you speaking of speaking of non sequiturs <laughs> there, i was waiting for it i was waiting it's, for it i mean is there another more bobism bobism speaking <laughs> no. of non sequiturs your show you've always loved the sun is in show number six with what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky and they told you abortion was ugly poetry about reproductive justice yes You've managed to do theater over the pandemic. Um, life is getting back. It's not getting back to normal, but it's getting back to our new normal, at least. for And frankly, with flu and everything, maybe this was the normal we always should have been having anyway. Just, you know, washing our hands and not going out when sick. Like, it seems like basic kindergarten stuff, if you think of it like that. What are uh, some of the stuff that you've been doing to help boost yourself, boost your own uh, theater, your art, your health during the pandemic? I mean, we, we had, what, two and a half years where we were basically shut off from our hobby. Um, the, com the concept of community is really important. Uh, the people I've worked with um, in the off office um have all been amazing people. Um, you, you know, we were, we were crushed, you know, the hospitals crushed. And then um, a lot of, of the people in our staff went home furloughed mm -hmm. in preparation. And then that left a small group of us to handle all the other work. So you feel the crush, but you also form that family. Yeah. And again, that formation of family, of kinship, of, of community, of gutting each other's back is, man, it's, it just, you know, it's the best of people. It really is that the tough, you know, you know, but is but it's obstacles don't uh, obstacles reveal character or some classier way of saying than that. And I, I, I work with um, an outstanding group of people who were all exhausted. The first year of the pandemic, we were all um, stressed. The second year, we were um, exhausted. And maybe for the first time ever in my life, because I'm just not me, I may, have be, I may have been depressed for a short period of time. Yeah. And um, so about two months ago, I woke, because I was calculating every day, several times a day, how, how much money do I need to retire um, mm -hmm. what's my social security going to be several times a day. I wish I wish I could be exaggerating, but it was when can I leave? Because I think 20% of everyone healthcare is left. And another 20% yeah. is supposed to this year. Um, and I woke up one day about two months ago and I felt great. I wonder what what did I do different? And I realized I didn't do anything different. I was depressed. And my neurotransmitters basically popped back to normal me. Yeah. And it was just about still just doing the work, 
being around good people. I think I told this to Amanda, my partner, um, that I think I may have been depressed. And her response eloquently, not exactly these words, were basically no shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is it no shit or duh? Yeah, it was a combination of the two. But basically, like I've been telling you this in nicer, kinder ways. Um, but that 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 feeling it switched back on yeah. to waking up each morning instead of, instead of a sense of dread of going into work because I was burnt out uh, mm-hmm. of cool. Let's go. Um, let's go. And I had to, I tried to figure out a mantra that Amanda reminded me. Make sure you say this, which was every day I woke up about a month or two before the light went back on was kept, I kept it really simple. Uh, Cause instead of trying to save the world, which at sometimes I think I was trying to do. Um, I, I, I just said, my mantra was let's go, let's go in and help a few people. And to really yeah. keep it real simple in front of me. And I think that eventually kicked in. So just keeping it simple to answer your long winded answer to your question is, keeping it simple, trying to help a few people. We all have our ways that we can help people, whether we're in theater or whether we're an accountant, a baker, um, or a doctor. Um, we can't help everyone. Uh, doctors may, may feel that burden, but you can't do it. So whoever came in that day, let's say hello. Let me actually listen to you. Um, which yeah. theater taught me uh, to be a better doctor because it taught me how to listen. Because if we don't listen when we're on stage, we suck. We literally suck. Um, and as a physician, um, actually listening to my my patients made me a better doctor. So anyway, just keeping it simple, keeping it simple, trying to help a few people one day at a time. Well, I think it, that, that whole thing really shows how uh, caring of a human being you are, because I know that you took a lot, you, you put a lot of stuff on your shoulders there for the first, especially the first year of the pandemic, um, with, because if you're friends with Hal on Facebook, that was how was like my go-to, what is the status of things code wise? And I, I mean, you posted books on a daily basis about what was happening and the so many people including myself really really appreciated that but i think a lot of us were thinking holy cow this guy needs to he's 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 gonna burn himself out yeah um which none of us wanted to have happened to you because uh you're just an awesome human being and uh i I just want to say on behalf of all however many facebook friends you have uh, thank you for your <laughs> your um, selflessness yes. in that whole situation. Yeah. Guess I'm, so there's your compliment. I, know, I guess Take I'm supposed it, to Buster. follow Bob's advice and say you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, just listen. Marie knows everything. Just suck it up and deal. All right. <laughs> I, People like you, Hal. Deal I, with I, it. I suck at I suck at compliments. It's hard. Like the three of us on here, Randy, Hal, me, we three do not deal well with praise. We're well and open and loving and we love giving it to other people. But the second it comes back, we're like, no, that, yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go hide now. <laughs> no. Which is so, I, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, what should I do for a career, right? And I'm like, performing arts, because I hate attention. (laughs) It's like, I have to do something ironic. We're talking with Hal Cohen of You've Always Loved the Sun at Port Fringe. We will be right back after this. afternoon dashers this is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live balderdash academy if you want improv comedy custom game show experiences team building and more you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com and don't forget to pick up balderdash academy merchandise in our school store while you're there I'm 
Uh, you know, one of the weird things, and this is, I guess it's not weird. This is one of the things that I've been trying to tell people. I, Having ADHD, it's my responsibility to make sure that people realize that it's normal. It's 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 perfectly, you have the weird world's dumbest superpower, deal with it, right? So um, one of the things that I deal with with my ADHD is a comorbidity of depression, which again, right? It's normal. It's it's not anything to be afraid of or ashamed of. Your your body's hurt. You just got to fix it. It's not a visible injury, but it's there, right? You know what? A sinus infection isn't a visible injury either, and you still deal with it. Unless, so, I mean, unless the goop starts coming out of your nose and drips into well, your mouth. If you have depressive goop coming out of you, contact a doctor immediately. Yes. But I mean, it, it, I I think that we as a society. I hope that we as a society learn during the de- during during the depression <laughs> during the pandemic that it's okay to have depression. It's not sadness. It's okay to be sad too, but depression's not sadness. You know, if you're feeling depressed, it's okay to go get help. It's okay to to just talk. It's okay to normalize it. I mean, look, none of us evolved to live in a house and work a nine to five job. So you you put an animal outside of their environment in a zoo, they're going to get depressed too, right? I think the important takeaway is that it is normal. And the more I talk to people about it and the more that I try to post it, social media is a weird thing. People go on social media and try to post all the good that's happened to them. And it's fiction, you know, post the fact that you accidentally put your keys in the freezer when you got home and left the ice cream on the counter. I do it all the time. Right? It's perfectly normal. Is, is that where my keys are? Yeah, you should check, okay. definitely. For God's sake, put the cell phone in rice when you find it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that that's one of the things that I I try to I try to, to push not push on people, but to at least normalize is that we can all get depressed. I mean, especially if we lose our external coping uh, coping mechanisms the thing that make us happy our theater our community our our um just physical touch to be around people we've isolated for so long that now that we can actually get out it's it's a brilliant feeling i I went to see the most crushing uh, thing i had during the pandemic especially the first year because my patients we hug it's just I'm a hugging person. I hug my yeah. my patients. I've had I've had grandmothers bring their granddaughters in, and at the end of the visit, when I hug them, she turn they'll turn to their granddaughter and say, "See, I told you." <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that expectation during the pandemics, especially early when people come in and they were crying because either someone they knew was sick or died, or just yeah. they were they just weren't dealing well with isolation on and on and on and they're crying in front of me and I was not allowed to hug them. That yeah. seemed, it seemed criminal. It seemed, it emphasized everything that was wrong with what we were, as we were trying to figure this out in that time. And then yeah. uh, at some point in time, um, I think after we got vaccinated, it was like, no, I'm hugging my, as long as it's okay with you, I'm hugging you. And yeah. we were both, um, you just felt reconnected that, that, that what humanity, this is what humanity is about, about really being with, with each other. The idea of touch, that not everyone can touch, not everyone can touch, but there's yeah. other ways of touching uh, that doesn't include touch. Yeah. And, um, but without that connection, yeah, we're, we're much less of who we are. Yeah. And, and that connection is touch at a distance. Yep. You know, and we we discovered that during the pandemic with Balderdash is this was our means to stay together. It was our means to stay cohesive in a family, even when we couldn't together, which was so surreal. The first live shows we started to do, we did Trouble in Deadwood in July of 21. It was the first time we saw each other since March of 2020. And there was this weird feeling that 
nothing was different, nothing changed, but it was completely different. But yet everything was the same. But it, it was weird. Yes. And what what made me put it together was the diving bear hug I received from Marie. Right? You could feel the and then the launch and and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, no, this is it. And then from Randy, and then from Nate, and then from I mean, so we, I mean, I'm the same way, right? So my my friends, we normalize certain things. Hugging if they're into it, always tell them you love them. You know, never be in a position where you regret not doing something, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It it was a rough time period, but we're kind of like a phoenix now. And I, I kind of see Port Fringe really as that is our way to, to reclaim what's ours, which is really selfish sounding. But it it's a way to bring back what we temporarily had to put aside, but never lost. So, and if you want to see the shows, and yes, you do, because that's why we're here. Tickets are available online at portfringe.com. $15 for a base price, or you can do the I Love Fringe price of $30. These are advanced ticket pricing. The I Love Fringe price allows you to show your love the old-fashioned way with money. It's the same as the base ticket, but the artists involved get a little extra for our hard work. You can also get a frugal fringer pass for $75, which is a punch card. Good for one person to attend each of the Port Fringe 22 shows. Late night show is not included. Or a fringe fiend pass allows you to avoid all the rush and all access pass with a reserved seat to see each show once. The seat is held until five minutes before showtime. The Fringe Fiend is $180. Uh, we have seven shows or seven nights where you have one ticket, three acts. You have three chances to see them. And there is late night shows that run with a single performance that deserve an audience. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring some of them on or at least see their rehearsals so we, we can give them a review so that people can get hooked and go see the late night shows. Um, you can find all the information online at portfringe.com. How would you like to do some technically correct? Yes. It doesn't. Good. Let's go in because I just pulled it up. So for technically correct, what I will do is I will read a description of a movie. That is technically correct. And uh, Randy and Hal will come back with an answer as fast as possible. And uh, if they get it right, they get it right. Because we don't have anybody giving extra points and the points don't matter tonight anyway. Um, all of the technically corrects that I will read tonight appeared either in ep uh, season one or in this season. So they've already come out. So I'm giving you all an advantage that no one will get because Randy's memory sucks. And the first movie <laughs> story, <laughs> a babysitter sucks at her job while she's fighting her own battle of the bulge. A babysitter sucks at her job while she's fighting her own battle of the bulge. Let's start with Randy so that Hal can get the advantage. Uh, I have no idea. 16 candles. 16 candles, Hal. Well, I guess since we're going to go with numbers in the title, Jaws 2. Jaws 2. So we have 16 candle and Jaws 2. A babysitter sucks at her job while she's fighting her own battle of the bulge describes Labyrinth. Ooh, that's, that's, oh. that's like a combination of the two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's one that I thought was easy, which probably means it isn't. Small business owners get hassled by the government. Small business owners get hassled by the government. Hal, what do you have? 
well, what about, what about, uh, um, oh, what about uh, from here to eternity? From here to eternity. That's good. Randy, small business owners get hassled by the government. What do you have? I suck at this game. That's the wrong answer. Do you want to try again? <laughs> You're going to look good next to me, Randy. You know why? It's because I have a bad memory. I can't even think of movies. I can't even think of <laughs> movies, like, randomly. That's why Nate has Shawshank Redemption. He just holds That's on to that one. That's why I used that a number of times in Eric's episode. <laughs> Take a guess. Any Small movie. business owners, one more time. Small business owners get hassled by the government. Back to the future. All right. It's Ghostbusters. Oh. Small business owners get hassled by the government. Ghostbusters, one more. Yep. Listen to what I say. It's in the answer. The answer's in the question. <laughs> Randy, a boy fights nothing. Uh, Never-ending story. Never-ending story. Hal, what do you have? Um, a boy fights nothing. A poltergeist. Poltergeist. We have Poltergeist in the never-ending story. A boy fights nothing describes the never-ending story. Oh. What was the creature who was going to eat Eternia? It was, or not Eternia, but it was the nothing. The nothing. All right. One, uh, I'll do two more. This one is uh, now relevant. An older man falls for a young woman and a maverick tries to win her back. Al, what do you have? Top Gun. Top Gun. Randy. Uh, I do believe that Top Gun is the correct answer, but I will say Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Maverick was the hint, but the movie was legend. But yeah, an older man falls for a younger woman. An older man, Tim Curry, falls for Mia Sarah, and Tom Cruise tries to win her back. No, no, no one, no one saw that one. I own that one. I have that on. Well, you're the, you're the one. <laughs> All right. Last one. People try to quarantine during a pandemic while shoppers refuse to social distance. Randy. People try to quarantine during a pandemic while shoppers refuse to social distance. What do you have? Outbreak. Outbreak. Good answer. Al? The mist? The mist. So people try to quarantine during a pandemic while shoppers refuse to social distance is Dawn of the Dead. Ooh. <laughs> which, which is my favorite movie of that genre. Mine too. Mine too. Um, I think it was the one where he kind of figured out what it was really protesting. Yeah. You know, like the first one was very clear. The second one was like, we're going to go after consumerism. <laughs> you know, the other the other tricky part about this game for me is not only do I have a bad memory, but I've only seen like 30 percent of the movies that you come uh, up with. Yeah, I've never seen that. I've never I, seen that movie. I went to film school and I'm a cinemaphile, uh, which contrary to popular belief does not mean that I like to sleep with movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you if you go back at the title myth, the mist, I'm correct. You you may not have the right name there, but it fits that. Yes, and that's the trick with technically correct. Every description fits at least correct. three movies. <laughs> it takes me a long time to write every technically correct. Because I have to make sure they fit at least three movies. Wow. <laughs> All right. You can see You've Always Loved the Sun, along with Hal's showmates, on June 15th, 17th, and 18th. For more information, you can find it online at portfringe.com. If I, if I remember correctly, there is another show on that venue, on that, that group six, that has puppets also. So if you like puppets, this if is you the like show puppets, you would like to come to. Yeah. If you don't know if you like puppets, go to the show and then you'd know by the end of it. If you if you don't even know how to spell puppets, because there's a lot of P's in puppets, but if yes. you don't know where they go, you should come to the show. Yes. Fun fact: I directed a puppet team for ten years. 
Really? What was the name of this? Uh, we were the, the Puppet Patrol. <laughs> really? Yes. Fun fact, I used to make Henson-style Muppets. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, I own Henson-style Muppets. Fun fact, I have buckets full of solidified barge glue in the basement that I should have probably thrown out two decades ago. <laughs> fun, fact, fun fact, when I broke up with my girlfriend, I had a hand puppet that I, I, I for about a year, I uh, allowed my um, words I never said back then when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, um, was said by my hand puppet as we would drive uh, past other drivers uh, and I would drive shotgun with my puppet in my hand talking to other people. Yeah, most 18-year-old boys use their hand puppets for other things. You can find Hal's show. Again, uh, on the 15th, 17th, and 18th, 15th at 9 at Port Fiber, 17th at 7 at Good Fire Brewing, and on the 18th at 6.30 at Main Studio Works. Again, if you can't pick up your tickets before the show, they will be at Bellflower at 66 Cove Street with a satellite location at Good Fire Brewing. Ticket prices are incredibly reasonable. You have one ticket, three acts, uh, base price of $15, get your butt in the seat. $30 for the I Love Fringe price. I Love Fringe allows you to show your love the old-fashioned way with money. And it's the same as the base ticket, but the artists involved get a little extra. You also have $75 for a Frugal Fringer, which is a punch card good for one person to attend each of the Port Fringe shows. Late Night is not included with the Frugal Fringer. Or $180 for the Fringe Fiend Pass. You can avoid the rush. It's an all-access pass with a reserve seat to see each show once, and that seat is held until five minutes before showtime. One other thing I wanted to let you know is we have a number of late night acts that are full length. It's a one time only. They only get one night to perform that full length show. They deserve an audience. What we'd love you to do is we'd love you to come see us in our shows and then stick around and pick up a late night show after. Thank you so much. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc, joining us is Professor of Theater. Professor of Theater is another thing that you can write down. That's a new word I just made up. Um, professor of Theater Arts, Randy Hunt. Yes, uh, make sure you go see Dr. Cohen's shows because it's going to be a hell of a good time. <laughs> and now we're visiting Professor, one of our favorite people, Hal Cohen. I do Hal, have medication so that can treat you both. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk after the show. <laughs> Clinical trials may vary. <laughs> Good night. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>